I get messages from hairstylists all the time. How did you go from being a hairstylist to being a salon owner? Is it hard? Was it worth it? How much money does it cost? That was me too before I opened up my salon. I had no idea and I wish there was more education out there that could reveal what it was like to be a salon owner. And now fast forward five years now of being a salon owner, I want to pull back the curtain and show you future salon owners the five business strategies that you need to know about being a hairstylist to opening up your dream salon without feeling stuck or overwhelmed. My mission is to change the statistics that 75% of salons fail within the first five years of opening. And I'm sure you've heard that saying before, if you don't have a plan, plan to fail. I want you guys to go into business with your eyes wide open. Join me in this live virtual salon business masterclass on June 7th at 11 a.m. as I pull back the curtain on what salon business ownership looks like. For only $17, I am going to share with you the five business strategies that you need to know before opening up your doors. Make sure to join me. Class starts June 7th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And in the show notes, you can find the link. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I am super excited to have my guest today. She is an educator, a salon owner, a stylist beauty launchpad educator, a thriver, and a design me here ambassador. Everybody, please welcome Yara Delatore. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to be a part of your podcast and to get to know you a little better and to share every bit of value that I have with our audience. I love that. And Yara, so I didn't, I met you probably maybe a month or two ago on Clubhouse. And I was just so blown away about, you know, you were always in every single room that I wanted to be into. And you always would share a lot of value in every single room that you were a part of. And so I reached out to Yara and I was like, I got to meet you. Let's connect. I'd love to have you on the podcast. And it's just, it's so cool how many amazing people that you're meeting on Clubhouse and uh, the impact that that's making. Um, are you still, are you still pretty active on Clubhouse? Yeah, yes, Jennifer, yes. I also love meeting you on there because I feel similarly to you. I feel like you offer so much value and give so much good to this industry. So I'm so happy that we know each other now. And Clubhouse has been an incredible asset to our industry. I definitely think that it's brought up a lot of really cool conversations that we weren't having. It's made People have better, more meaningful connections with each other that weren't happening before. And it gives us the opportunity to talk to some incredible people who I never thought I would be talking to just so casually, you know. So I am still on Clubhouse a little bit. I'm currently working on a lot of projects, so I have been stepping back from it a little bit more. But me and my friend Nicole... Um, who is a Pittsburgh balayage educator. She, her and I have a room or try to have a room on Mondays um, trying to bust some balayage myths and just kind of give a little bit of, of help to anybody struggling with lived-in color and balayage. So we try to do that on Monday mornings around 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I try to hop on here and there and just give my input and hear what other amazing educators and stylists have to say. I love that. And I think that, you know, 
after like the obsession kind of wore out a little bit, it is kind of difficult to set those boundaries around how many rooms are you going to go in? How many rooms can you host? And, um, but the connections are just incredible, the relationships and, and the conversations and the things that you can learn and gain from it and try. And I love the fact that you're having clubhouse rooms about color, because that just seems like slightly cliche, like how can we talk about color without seeing it, without doing it and gaining knowledge. And you're just really shifting things up and bringing something new to the table with color. And I just, I think that's amazing. I'd love to kind of rewind and, and find out, and I'd love for our listeners to know, did you always know that you wanted to do color? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a good question. So I've been in the industry since officially licensed since 2010, but I went to beauty school a little bit before that. I was in beauty school for a long time because I thought that I was a cool kid who already worked at a salon, so I didn't need beauty school. So it took me a long time to get through it. And uh, I actually focused on cutting for the very beginning of my career. I was apprenticing under a woman who was originally a barber, and she wore that title very proudly because it was something that not a lot of women did where she came from um, during that time. She had been a stylist for a long time. So I learned a lot of really cool foundational cutting techniques. And that's really what I focused on because she wasn't too confident on color. And therefore I wasn't too, I was just kind of winging it to be honest with you. But then I had the opportunity three years into my career to train under a very talented, very skilled colorist who really broke it down for me. I mean, down to the color wheel and really understanding what color really is and what good color is. And um, I think that's really when my interest really sparked. So sometime in like 2011, 2012, more, more around that time, yeah, I was exposed to it and then I learned, I learned the basics, you know, and the basics were gonna, the basics got me really far. That's how I built my entire clientele. That's amazing. You know, I think in the beginning after school, we're all just winging it, right? And it's, I always teach people to, out of fresh out of beauty school, you have to find a mentor. You have to have somebody who's going to, you know, shine the light before you and guide you because Otherwise, you know, I feel like people could get very complacent quickly if they're not learning, if they're not stretching their skills and growing. And that's amazing that not too long after you graduated beauty school that you were able to find somebody to, to help you, you know, and color is just one of those things that it always goes back, back to the basic principle of color and color theory, right? Yeah, yeah, color theory is really cool because it works you know, outside of our world too. It works for art, it works for photography, it works for everything. So um, really getting that foundational um, how-to is what I think makes the big difference between a good colorist and a great colorist. Do you remember like the light bulb turning on at, at that time when you were working with that mentor of, this is the direction I really wanna take my career? Yes, most definitely. I think actually what I wanted to do was more like build a clientele and build a name for myself. It was actually 
after that. I I spent some really good time at that salon, and then I had a very like unforeseen. I had no idea that it was coming. I got and like I got fired. I got fired from that place that I had been working at for a long time, and I um was very surprised and. I was very hurt because I felt like this is my family and I had all this sort of like sense of like betrayal and I can't believe that this like that this happened and I told myself that I would go into a new place and I would just focus solely on my career and leveling up and standing out and this is also not too long after this like year 2017 so balayage and lived in color was just making its way around. I had been working really hard at that previous salon that I had got fired from on figuring out how to make these colors happen that were happening on Instagram and Pinterest and whatnot. And I was just like, how in the world are these people doing it? So it was at that time when I got fired and my career shifted that I dove really deep into it. And I think that was really when I realized, oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. Holy smokes. How, okay, how long were you at that salon for? So I was there for almost, I think it was about six years. So six 2011 years. to 2017, so. I, I bet they're kicking themselves now. <laughs> we're still friends. <laughs> Come on, you back. Come on back. You so know, my I, best friend actually still works there, and it's a small town, so we're still friends. But it's definitely you can definitely see it in my life. The point where everything changed. Like, yeah. yeah. And some, you know, I I think that you know sometimes you're you're like pushed into the direction. If you haven't made that decision uh, on your own, it's like events will happen leading up to that point in order to help you to get to that next that next point in your career but Absolutely. what well, what was kind of going through your your mind at that time um so um like i said the year was 2017 and just like you said life pushes you to this like crazy places right like when you're ready to make a change and level up it's like life just lines up perfectly to for you to make a change. And during that year, I actually got fired right after we had a really big, huge hurricane that happened here in Key Largo, Florida, where I live. So everything was kind of like in shambles. Everything was upside down. The salon was closed for a long time. I think there was a lot of stress and pressure going on that something had to give and what had to give was me. Um, so the life just kind of made that decision for me. And it's happened a couple of times in my life that life just kind of pushes me to the next step. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of like discomfort and fear and confusion and the unknown of what was going to happen with me and my career. Um, but it led me to the next stage, which was actually, and I know that we wanna kind of take the conversation here. It led me to finding a different place of work and then diving so deep into my career, into balayage, into live in color, into being an educator and finding my purpose in life that I was only at that salon for eight months before I realized that I was ready to open my own salon. Oh my gosh. So, so it wasn't initially your idea at first to open up a salon. 
No, as a matter of fact, I remember I would always preach about how much I didn't want to own a salon because I naturally always gravitated towards a leadership role in the salons that I worked at. I didn't even mean to or try to. It just always kind of landed on my lap. I would always end up being sort of like a leader and take on more responsibility without being asked to. It was just kind of something that I did. So I remember seeing from the outside in how difficult it was to run a salon. And I was like, Psh, I don't want that. And this is before suites or independent stylists really came around. So all we had as an option was commission, booth rental, or salon ownership. And I knew that I was happy as a commission stylist, and I didn't want to change that ever. And and then after eight eight months somewhere else, it it gave you probably gave you clarity that you know what this this isn't for me. I there's something else out there for me. Yes, yes. There there was definitely a lot of clarity, and then you know because things lined up to where I gained this new skill and I got really good at it really fast and the word spread around town very quickly, the numbers started to make sense. And I, it was actually one of those things where I just sat down and I said, okay, this is how much I'm making a week. This is how much I'm giving the salon owner. This just seems like the next logical step. Yeah. Um, and at that time we had actually hired a gal at the front desk who was the daughter of one of my clients and she was going to be to school and when she started working at the salon, because I recommended her as an employee, she took a really big liking to me and she gravitated towards me to learn. And we would get in trouble all the time because she was supposed to be at the front desk, not learning by my side. <laughs> so when I did make that big jump, I didn't even get a chance to like offer her anything. I just said, hey, Michaela, I'm going to go open my own salon. And she said, I'm coming with you. Like there was like no question about it. I'm like, okay. That's a leader. That's being influential. I love that. And at the eight month mark, did you, did you plan anything out or were you just like, I'm gone, I'm going to figure this out? So the idea came up with my partner and I, she's very detailed, like mathematically oriented. She's the one who actually made the numbers make sense for me. She was like, look at how much you're paying out. And if it's okay, if this is a safe space, I can just give you some numbers, you know? So my paychecks, I was, I was a pretty high paid commission stylist, really high. Like I was taking home 60% of my earnings and my earnings were averaging anywhere between 1300 to $1,500 a week. So when you make the math on what 40% of that is, that all of that actually added up to be enough to get a place if we found a place that was affordable enough for me to rent. So I live in a place where there's a lot, it's high market, you know, there's, everything is really expensive down here. But anyway, we found a location that was priced properly, that needed a lot of work. And I felt confident to be able to just, I was like, okay, there's so much rent is, this is an average of how much I'm going to spend in products. And I already knew that because I had been, you know, ordering for other salons for many years. And I was like, this makes sense. I only need X amount of clients every month. 
And I broke that down into how many clients I needed a week. And I broke that down into how many clients I needed per day to make those numbers work. So that's kind of what made it more real for me. And it gave me the courage to actually leave what I was doing and take that next step. Yeah, I think when you can visualize what it looks like and reverse engineer it and say, if we do these things, this will be our result. And that right there, pen to paper, that's like, okay, this takes the fear out of it because you were already doing it. You were already putting that work in and, and making that happen. I, I, I think that is just incredible. Um, for the education, I, you know, I always think that if you can pick out one thing and really just hone in on that and focus on it, that really becomes like your secret sauce. And that's what makes people stand out because of course I think in the beginning, right? We wanna try everything because we don't know what we're good at. We don't even really know what we are passionate about. You know, I, I really respect that. You're like balayage, lived in color, like that is my jam. Um, and that's probably, would you say that that's what really attracted new people into your place? Like yes. So yeah, niching down, I think is like you said, the secret sauce to like pretty much anything, whether you wanna be a successful hairstylist or a have a successful salon or be a successful educator, you really got to find what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, what you could spend the rest of your life doing every single day confidently and not being bored and happy. And then niche down on that. And that is what I did here with myself first. And that's what gave me the ability to be able to open up my salon. And then when I opened the salon, I did it for the salon. I taught my girl, Michaela, who was in beauty school. Then another girl came around and she was also in beauty school. And I taught her, they learned how to balayage at that time before they even learned how to like foil, because I really wanted to hone in on that. And I remember clear as day, the first day that I, went into our website because I had built a reputation that I felt was strong enough to give ourselves the title, the self-proclaimed title of the home of balayage in the Florida Keys. And it is self-proclaimed, but we have worked our way up to this point when somebody says, do you know anybody that can balayage hair in this little tiny island town? And people go, actually, there's a great place. That's all they do, lived in color and balayage. It's called Lashes and Curls Studio. So I think that honing in what you really like and having that very clear vision of who you're serving and then molding your entire business around that, that is what's going to give you the most fastest success. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we can get really um, distracted by all the other services that we could be offering. But, you know, the fact that you have been able to make your name uh, the home of balayage, that is, that is just incredible. And, and to, to claim that I think is just, you're right. That's, that's what really created that success. And, you know, one of the things that stands out to me too, is that, you know, your mission to help grow people and train them because yes, like, I think a lot of people pivot into salon ownership because they're like, Oh, I'm going to make so much more money, but it can't just, it, it can't be just that because I think that that's not going to be giving you happiness, right? But grow people and to help them. I mean, did you always have it in you that you wanted to be an educator? I think so. 
it's funny. I come from a long line of educators. Everybody in my family, my father, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, they're all in the educational system, which I remember growing up and thinking, you guys are out of your mind. I would literally never go through school just to go back to it. Like, <laughs> I always thought that was just cuckoo. But then as I went through my journey of my career as a hairstylist, and then once I got, in 2019, actually, I got selected to become an educator for Sunlight Spoliage. Sunlight Spoliage is a brand that I still work with now. And they are the ones that I discovered, I discovered their education. And that is what finally made Balayage click for me. That is what changed the game. And that was during that transition time where I was in that little salon for eight months that I found Lacey Worley, who's an incredible educator for Sunlight Balayage. And she gave me all of those aha moments. So. Once that happened, I was able to really understand what I wanted to do. And oh my gosh, I'm having that ADD moment. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is, this is definitely a, a colorist hairdresser. Right. Uh, um, well, basically, you know, have you always been did you always know that you wanted to be an educator? And it sounds like the mentors oh. in your life have, have just really, really cultivated that in you. Maybe it, maybe it was always in you and they just like pulled it, pulled it yeah. out of you. That was the question. So yeah, so <laughs> I, found, I found that I really loved this one technique, you know? And then when they picked me to become an educator, they flew me out to Atlanta to have this three-day weekend getaway where they taught you how to be an educator. And they gave you all like the foundational, like step-by-step -step of how you should run a class, which is all really great to know. And then they also really made it clear that what you're doing is you're helping people out. You're giving them that same gift that basically they gave to us by teaching us and having those aha moments. So when I began teaching, when I came back home, because they give you all these tools and resources and then they say, okay, you go and be free, go educate. And you're come back into the salon and you're like, oh, what do I do? So <laughs> I, you know, I started, I just dove head first. I set up my first class and I started inviting people, promoting it. At some point I went around, I got dressed in like my whole Sunlight's Balayage gear, which is really bright yellow, is their colors. And I, it's, it's a memorable color and they do it on purpose so that you're remembered. Um, and I went around every single salon in town and promoted my class, my education. And they all looked at me like I had three eyeballs. They were like, what are you doing in our salon? You work down here, you're competition. We don't wanna learn from you. But I held my first class and I had a couple students and I started to see those aha moments happen. And people started asking me questions and I started to realize that I knew more than I thought that I knew. And then people started like posting work and saying, this is how much you are helped me. This is what I learned. This was my biggest takeaway. And then that feeling of being able to help somebody out in their journey and to be able to give them the necessary tools and foundation and basics for them to be able to level up their career. That's what really did it for me. And then I started thinking back of all the years 
that I've trained Michaela and Kala and even people that I work with, they will always be like, hey, Yara, how do you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I've been an educator all along. I just didn't know it. Oh my gosh, I, that is just incredible. And I think, you know, we talked earlier like about imposter syndrome. And I think that, I think that so many of us face that. We're like, who am I to say that I'm a specialist? Who, who am I to be a salon owner? You know, who am I to have this success? You know, and I think that it's like, we have to just get out of our own way. You know, what can you, you've had some challenging times and, you know, and also with closing the salon down and everything. Can you talk about the challenges of salon ownership and the things that you have faced that have really created you to be an overcomer? Of course. Yeah. And, you know, this, you mentioned imposter syndrome, and I think that is something that we all face and it's a big challenge. But one of the things that I was told once by a wise person um, was that if you can think of it, like if you can imagine it, if the idea is even in your mind, if the idea of owning a salon or being an educator or being a leader in our industry of any type, if that is even a thought that is in your brain, then it's possible, it's already possible. And our brain keeps us in the comfort zone because it's comfortable and it keeps us from growing by challenging us and telling us, are you good enough? Are you? But if the idea is in your brain, it you already are, you're made out for it. And this is something that has helped me throughout my life in different challenges, even in really bad times, like when I got fired and I begged for my job back. And then I came to the realization, the acceptance that it, it just was what it was. And I was like, able to come back to my senses and say well you've built this beautiful career the past six years you can go to any salon people are going to follow you it's okay you know so just having that like difference in your head of like what is real and what is not what is imposter syndrome and what is your actual like intuitive self telling you is what's gotten me through a lot of struggles um actually not shortly after becoming an educator in 2019, in the beginning of the year, um, just a few months after that, I had a crazy accident um, that changed my life forever. So I became an educator just early in 2019. And then on April, 2019 of that same year, um, I had an accident in which I fell on my back from a second story and I landed on my back and I was paralyzed immediately from like one moment to another, my entire life just completely shifted. And since the listeners have been listening now, you know that my salon was less than a year old because that was in 2018. I had just become an educator and, and then this big life changing accident happened and everything was like put on pause, you know, but it was that same drive and that same perseverance that kept me going through all the ups and downs that came with this big life altering moment. Also, I had worked so hard for what I had worked up to to that point that I just had no doubt in my mind that I wasn't going to give up, you know? So just laying in bed with 
learning my new body, learning how to sit up, learning how to get dressed again, learning how to use the restroom, how to shower, just literally being born again. I could still picture myself in the salon doing hair. I could still picture myself educating people and helping out people. And I think that just by knowing that I had that in me, even if it was in my brain, I fought every bit of imposter syndrome that told me, no, nobody's going to want to get their hair done with a chick in a wheelchair. Like nobody's going to want that. And it was thoughts that crossed my mind every single day before I actually got in here and started doing it again. Wow. Wow. I, I think that, you know, I think that obstacles come in so many different forms in our lives and to make that conscious decision that you're going to just move forward. Um, you, how long, like, it sounds like right away you were like, okay, when am I going to go back to the salon? Where, how long did it take before you were like, okay, can I go back to work now? I've shared this a couple times. So some of you might already know this, but the moment that my accident happened, I landed on my back and I immediately knew that there was something horribly wrong. I can't really describe the feeling aside from just explaining that it felt like I had so much, like somebody on top of me basically to where I couldn't even like get up or move at all below my waist. But even my upper body was affected, of course, because I had just suffered so much trauma and inflammation was setting in. So I basically couldn't like even move up just a little bit. But instantly, my brain, what I thought about was move your arms and move your hands, right? So as I'm laying there, not understanding what is going on, I just moved my arms and my fingers, and I felt like this huge sense of relief because I knew that I still had the talent that lies in my hands and my arms. I didn't even know exactly what was going on, but I knew that I could still move to do hair, which is crazy. I know that it's crazy to think of that as you're facing the biggest challenge of your life, but it was just such a big thought in my mind. So what I did was I never stopped. I even, I was only in the hospital for three weeks and during the two weeks that I was in rehab, my therapist, um, my occupational therapist asked me what I wanted to do in order to learn how to and go back to my normal life and I was like well I want to cook for my family and I want to blow dry your hair to make sure that I still got what it takes um and this is after like a big spinal fusion where I was still wearing like a big brace across my my midsection so it was very hard to move but I blow dried her hair um yeah. <laughs> and it came out really good she has great hair um and uh, then I made my way back home and I knew that it was going to be a little while. I knew that I was going to have to take a break. But my girl, Michaela, who had just graduated beauty school not too long ago and had just learned how to properly balayage after we had been doing a lot of training throughout the month. She had my entire almost 10 years of clientele now in her chair. And she took care of them like an absolute champ. So we would... FaceTime, even from the hospital, and formulate together, or I would watch her and I'd tell her, like, do this, do that, don't do this. This is how Cindy likes her hair. This is how Melissa likes her hair, you know, like, and I would formulate with her through FaceTime. So I never actually stopped doing hair. I just kind of did it from far away yeah. with her help. And I, th I think, too, just to keep that vision and keep that focus of, like, these are my gifts. 
you know, no matter, no matter what has happened, like, these are my gifts that God has given me and I can't stop. And, and that's so amazing too, that Michaela was there to, to step up. I mean, and I'm sure that she's, it forced her and probably uh, some just major growth in so many different and ways. Absolute greatness. This girl is like, I always tell her, I mean, my journey became part of her journey, you know, and then our journey is just kind of like melted together. And she is actually leaving us next month. She has been, she has had plans to move away for a little while after she just decided that she wanted to be closer to family on the West Coast. So she's moving to Washington. And this is something that we have thought, <laughs> not thought, but, you know, we both love each other a lot. And it's part of growth. It's part of salon ownership. Sometimes you have to let your best top stylists go and you have to just let them be and live their lives and know that they, that you have given them everything that you can and that you have taught them well and that they're going to create their own success and their own life and their own journey with the foundation that you've given them. So she went from being a beauty school graduate to being incredible i mean the work that she does is so so amazing and she's been out of beauty school for two years i tell her all the time like my success is nothing you're going to go so much further than me and that is truly what i hope to achieve from every apprentice or mentor that comes across or even student that comes across me i hope that i leave them better than they came and i hope that their success is much bigger than mine mm. You're such an inspiration. You know, I, I love the, I love the quote by, um, I think it was Mother Teresa. You have two hands, one to feed yourself and the other to feed someone else. And I think that is exactly what you're doing in this industry and in giving back. And it's like, once you have, I don't want to say like peaked, but once you have like learned so much and you're an expert at it, why not give it away? Why not give that and share that with other people? Because though somebody else was out there in the world who did that for you, you know? Yeah. And so it, that's really, you know, what this beauty industry is all about. You know, you have, um, you do have a class coming up very soon that you are going to be sharing your wealth of knowledge. Can you share with us what this is all about? And, um, and who would be the ideal person to sign up for it? Oh my gosh, yes, Jennifer. So it's actually um, an online course. It's a five-week course, and it's called Evolving Stylist Academy. And I basically grabbed all of those years of knowledge, of trial and error, of ups and downs, of challenges and overcoming obstacles when it comes to color. <laughs> and melted it all into one because I want to teach any hairstylist who's struggling with lived in color or balayage, I want to take it back down to the basics. And I think that is one of the things that I didn't get for such a long time until I found the education that changed my life because they broke it down to the basics. And a lot of hairstylists who have been doing hair for five, 10, 15 years, like, like I was, I had been doing hair for a long time they feel ashamed or embarrassed or nervous or maybe less than for not fully grasping this concept. So they join, you know, advanced classes because they've been doing hair for so long that they feel okay. But then it's really hard to recreate. 
because they maybe are not too completely solid on the basics. So I'm bringing them back to the fundamentals, the basics. I'm going to teach them how to part, how to section, how to mix, how to where to apply, how to do it, you know, what to expect, what happens when things go wrong, all of that bundled into one little package called Evolving Stylist Academy. And I'm releasing that on May 28th. And we are launching this time. And then we are launching one more time later on in the year. So it's only going to be two chances to join this year. And I am so excited to be able to help as many stylists as I possibly can feel confident and empowered and stop feeling nervous and stressed out and frustrated when it comes to living in color and balayage. That's incredible. You know, there's so much money that can be made in specializing in balayage and that lived in color. And I think not only is it about the application, but do you, do you talk a little bit about like pricing or um, like how to go about how to go about so not in this course but that is definitely something that i want to add i want to really just break it down and give you the foundation and then i want to add some bonuses in the future because yeah there's money to be made yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the amount of product that you're using and depending on the hair and it's so crazy, the amount of people that come in that they want this elaborate, huge transformation with their hair. They want it in that one session. And it's like, this is going to take six hours. <laughs> um, but your education is just stellar. So, you know, if, if you guys are not following um, Yara, make sure to follow her on Instagram. Yara does hair. Is that right? Yes. Um, even one of my uh, my colleagues, I sent them a video that you posted about um, balayage. I believe it was like balayage around the hairline, and it was just some slight shift of technique that was unique and different from how we learned. And the whole staff was like, oh, look at this, look what I did. And they tried it um, and it just looked so beautiful. So I don't doubt that this course is just gonna be mind blowing. So I'll make sure um, you guys check out the show notes so you can find more about Yara and the class coming up. Make sure to sign up May 28th um, to learn more about living color and balayage with Yara. Yara, is there anything else that you would love to, to leave our listeners with? I know that we really, we talked about a lot, a lot of different layers here. And, you know, I was sharing how there's a lot of listeners who are wanting to grow their business, expand their career. Um, any, any like words of encouragement that you would like to share? Of course. Yeah. I would just love to circle back to what I said earlier, like, if something's already in your heart and in your mind, it's a possibility. So if you feel a need to level up, to leave the salon where you're at, to become an independent stylist or to open up your own salon or to become a booth rental or to become an educator, if that thought and that feeling is already in your heart and in your mind, I encourage you to look a little bit deeper and to really search it because we are meant to evolve. We are not meant to stay in the same place forever. We are creative. We are artists who need constant stimulation. So don't get in a rut. The industry has so much to offer and you should just keep exploring it and keep on growing because there is so much room to play in the beauty industry. 
That's, I love that. Thank you. So um, with that being said, Yara, what's next for you? Ooh, so I want to really focus big time this year on my students. Um, my goal for the year, I always set one goal and it's, it's very personal and very true to me, but I want to help 100 hairstylists become totally badass behind the chair this year. So that is what is currently happening. Um, I've already have some incredible founding members inside the course who started the course two weeks ago. So we are hoping that this launch is going to be very successful, successful on getting um, more students in who are really ready to level up. And then I'm just, I'm going to focus big time on education. My salon is thriving with four hairstylists who all have the same vision and mission going on. So it feels like my baby is on autopilot, you know, to, to a big degree. So um, I really just want to focus on education and helping the rest of the industry get clear on what they are doing and stop feeling frustrated and stressed and lonely. I don't want anybody to feel lonely. So my inbox is always open. And that is what I foresee for the next few years of my life. Just a lot of educating, a lot of sharing. Mm. I don't doubt that you're going to be even more successful than you already are today. And uh, ask and you shall receive. So 100 students, I can't wait to hear back at the end of the year and uh, see how many more students than 100 than, that you actually have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Yara. We so appreciate you. Um, where would you like people to um, uh, find out more about you and, and learn from you? Yes, of course. So you can go to my Instagram at Yara Does Hair. And um, if you want to know more about the course or anything that I have to offer, I want you to send me a DM. I always make a big point to check my requests. So I try not to miss any messages. So that's where you can find me. And I am always ready to chat. Awesome. Thank you, Yara. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. If you love to keep track of your favorite shows, then subscribe to this podcast to receive the newest edition when it's released. This podcast was created with you in mind, so I'd love to get your review to learn how this podcast has helped you in your career. And because I love my listeners and want to connect more, join me in our free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash salon and suite business. My mission is to help beauty professionals like you create a career that supports the life you want to live. Thank you for being a part of the journey.